0: You're listening to the scrimmage with Daniel Hargrove and Justin Domeshevitz.
1: Yeah, baby, Good afternoon! And welcome to the scrimmage I I want to make a weird noise Maybe that's the thing is next time I'll let you do that (laughs) Because Daniel always comes in with this like big energy Big noise I thought about like scatting or doing something cool And I chickened out at the last second And I said good afternoon (laughs) I was
0: distracted
1: until all of a sudden I realized no one was making loud noises Yeah I like to when Daniel starts making the loud noises I like to just stare at him and then he just keeps doing it, and then eventually he stops, and then I like to let it sit.
0: Yeah, that's just good radio.
1: do nothing. Yeah. But anyway, uh, this is The Scrimmage. I'm Justin Domashevitz. Daniel Hargrove is no longer with us today. Uh, we're hoping that maybe he be, he'll be able to jump in on Zoom at some point, but we're not sure. But either way, I'm here. Andrew's here. Gluteus Paximus is here. Under the <laughs> table. Panting. Heavily. Because it's warm. Uh, We do have a lot of good stuff to talk about today. We're going to talk about the betrayal of the Seattle Mariners and Jerry DePoto. We got some local stuff to talk about, including another uh, Montesano football win. We also had a Montesano soccer win. Not quite as robust of a local sports roundup as usual, but we do have some good local stuff to talk about. And of course, we have to name a Spivey Athlete of the Week. But let's kick things off first with the two-minute drill.
0: Do I go first or do you go first? I read first. Okay. Let's go, let's go, let's go, huddle up. You gotta hurry, gotta hurry, gotta hurry. Hey, two-minute situation. 44 seconds, hand the ball around. Gun, do it right, gun, do it right. Three, Jet, Buckeye, want not
1: three. The two-minute drill starts now. Washington State quarterback Cam Ward struggled in the Cougars' first loss of the season on Saturday, a 25-17 to defeat at the hands of UCLA. Ward completed less than 50% of his passes and threw two picks. Ward had been stellar prior to this week. Andrew. Does his subpar performance leave you feeling
0: concerned going forward? Concerned, yes. Panicked, not yet. He was running for his life uh, the whole game. Hopefully when they can protect him a little bit better, he'll play better. Justin, the University of Miami lost to Georgia Tech on Saturday when they decided to run the ball instead of kneeling out the clock. Literally, only kneeling out the clock. Mm-hmm. The Hurricanes lost a fumble with 26 seconds left and Georgia Tech scored on a long touchdown pass with one second left, winning 23 to 20 over the 17th ranked Miami. Justin, how
1: big of a deal was this mistake? It's a really big deal, because maybe people don't remember this, but this is not the first time that Mario Cristobal has done this. He used to be the coach at Oregon, and his Ducks team had Stanford. They had Stanford when Stanford was ranked in the top 10. They did the same thing. They ran the ball when they didn't have to run the ball, fumbled it, turned it over. So this is a guy, it's a new place but he's making the same mistakes. He's always been marred with clock management issues. He even came out afterwards and denied all the possible reasons that it could have happened. Like people were saying, was there confusion over whether or not Georgia Tech had a timeout? Cristobal said no. The other people were saying they was trying to let their running back get over a hundred yards because he had some kind of a um, booster in his NIL deal that he gets more money if he has a hundred yards. They came out and said, no, that's not why. He just did it because he's dumb, which is pretty crazy. That is. That's crazy. Andrew, your Oregon State Beavers avoided an upset Obese. on Saturday this was this question was written for Daniel, but Andrew's gonna <laughs> answer it. Your Oregon State Beavers avoided an upset on Saturday by outpacing Cal in a shootout fifty-two to forty. Often criticized quarterback DJ Uyungalele Passed for five touchdowns without turning the ball over. Has DJ redeemed himself in your eyes?
0: DJ didn't re- need to redeem himself in my eyes. I've always been a believer in DJ leleleleleu and uh, go Beavers. <laughs> go Beavers. Pack pack two number uh, you know second best.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, is that oh Justin? You're, I'm sorry, your 14th ranked tar, North Carolina Tar Heels crushed the Syracuse Orange 40-7 to on Saturday. Drake May passed for 400. Oh, this is football. Yeah. 442 <laughs> yards and three tutties. How good are the heels? They're great.
1: Uh, Drake May should be the first overall pick in the upcoming NFL draft, and the Tar Heels are going to win the national championship in the college football playoffs.
0: See, I would have swore that if North Carolina was playing Syracuse at something, and one of them scored 40 points it was gonna be a basketball game
1: yeah I also like holding a basketball team to seven <laughs> feels pretty impossible
0: but well it would be newsworthy we'd be talking me. about it that's just me
1: now uh, now that we got two-minute drill out it's of also the way, not and, basketball season is <laughs> <laughs> Andrew I, I wanted to talk a little like very briefly about that Cougs game I don't want to talk about it. Because what's happening now is the thing that always happens, which is Pac-12 teams beat each other up. Yeah. So the Cougars ruined the unblemished record of the Beavers, and now UCLA, who had just dropped out of the rankings. Wait, is that who it was that beat them?
0: Yeah, Yeah, UCLA. UCLA, who
1: had just dropped out of the rankings, I believe, has ruined the unblemished record of Wazoo. So I think it feels like, once again, Pac-12 teams are just going to take turns beating each other, so everybody has at least one loss at the end of the season. Yeah, probably. So did... I guess the big thing is, like, going into this game, were you feeling like, man, this Cougars team... Undefeated, they beat a ranked Beavers team. (laughs) Like, is this a team that if that could win out and then go play for the college football? Are you asking if I was waiting for the other shoe to drop? I was. I'm asking. I guess my what I'm asking is because when I look at the Pac-12, it's hard to pinpoint which team is going to be like this is the team we pin our hopes on to go to the college football playoff. And I want to know if you felt like the Cougars could have been that team. I was. I did feel like the Cougars
0: could have been that team. I was. Worried that they weren't, mm-hmm. and uh, it, they, it turns out they're not. It's
1: funny Still though. Still the
0: best team in the pack two, but
1: yeah. <laughs> pack two champions. the The other funny thing to me is that w- when that thing happened with Miami, which by the way, with Mario Cristobal, like that's real bad. It's real bad that it happened once. It's almost unbelievable that he did the same thing after having made that mistake before in his career. Yeah. Like, almost unbelievable. And then I was like, oh, they snatched defeat out of the jaws of victory. They cooked it. <laughs> like, for real, that's, for real.
0: That's extra. I don't even know if that would... That's an extra level.
1: Is because it that's too like, much?
0: That's like willfully choosing not to win. Yeah. Whereas, generally, I feel like kooking it is just completely forgetting what you were how to do what you're doing at the end of the game so instead of like I would never expect if if the Cougars got to that point and they lost I wouldn't even say Couging like I feel like people wouldn't feel like oh they Couged it they'd be like oh my gosh we need to fire every single person yeah Couging it is if in the last quarter you get outscored 21 to 3 okay and you're like you, well, you let sucked. the other team recover an onside kick. and yeah. You had your hands yeah, on it, but you yeah. couldn't clutch it. Yeah,
1: that kind of thing. Yeah, I I think it. Um, I don't want to like dwell forever on this Miami thing, but it's totally unbelievable to me. That it, it's that's crazy. And and they had, uh, I think it was Pro Football Focus, one of the analytics sites, had deemed them the number one team in the nation <laughs> through the first four <laughs> weeks when they were undefeated and they beat Mario Cristobal says, hold my beer. Right, exactly, like. The P, Miami fans, University of Miami fans were like, we're going to win a chip. They were like, we're we're going to be in the college football playoff. <laughs> and then the next thing you know, they're not. And they lost to a mediocre team. But they lost to a mediocre team because their coach chose to lose to a mediocre team. It's weird. I wonder how
0: many years we are out from the generation of coaches that will have learned the game from Madden. <laughs> <laughs> That's we can't so I this yeah. occurred to me. Uh, actually, I was thinking about this this week because uh, KJ Wright, when he was on the KJ Wright show on 710 on Wednesdays, he comes on for an hour with uh Brock and Salk, and uh, he completely straight faced told Salk that he learned a ton about the game of football playing Madden as a little kid, like as a seven and eight year old. And a, I think he's probably right. Uh, I don't think everyone who plays Madden learns that th- stuff. But if if that stuff makes intuitive sense to you and you're exposed to it at a young age, I absolutely believe that that has an uh, like KJ Wright is possibly one of the best linebackers ever to play the game at sensing, uh, at, at uh, anticipating. Like the screen passes? Screen passes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like insanely good at it. Yeah. And that's the kind of thing that it does make sense to me that having tons and tons of repetitions of seeing what that looks like, it 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 could help. But in thinking about that, I was like, I wonder, there's coaches. Mm-hmm. There have to be coaches that also grew up playing Madden. Mm-hmm. I wonder where they are. I wonder where those guys are. If they're, what, KJ's early 30s, right? Maybe mid-30s yeah, Maybe now? mid-30s. Maybe mid I mean, Bobby Wagner's still playing. Yeah. Well, KJ was
1: drafted in what, like twenty eleven? Was he pre Bobby? Do you want
0: me to try to look that up? No, it's okay. Okay. (laughs) They were really close, anyway. So I, I would like forty mid forties would probably be when we'd start to see uh,
1: head coaches. Right. Well, there's some guys that are in that in the like. Isn't Sean McVay like yeah. in his late Sean, 30s or Sean McVay and might maybe, might be an example of that. I, I think it's funny too because like, the, the things that you learn from Madden are <laughs> if I run four verts over and over again, I'll score eleven touchdowns mm. a game. Yes and no though. That's <laughs> what happens if you play Madden. <laughs>
0: yeah. But if you play football using Madden, then you learn the other things. Yeah. Like what? Co- how coverages work what sort of routes are designed to attack different types of coverages, stuff like that.
1: We've got a message in the also, chat saying that KJ is 34.
0: Okay. Thanks, yeah, Anna. So also, <laughs> also, you learn things like when to call timeout, when not to call timeout, yeah. when exactly when you don't need to do anything more except not touch the anything. Yeah.
1: Yeah, that's a good point. It, and wasn't is it, Isn't it Tyreek Hill, the uh, NFL wide receiver? I think it was Tyreek Hill. Said he doesn't really know m- much about the cornerbacks and stuff, the defensive players he goes up against. But he just looks at who they're playing that week, and then he goes and checks their Madden speed ratings. And that's how, that's how he learns about his opponents is checking the Madden speed ratings. I think that was Tyreek. Hill. Oh my gosh! So yeah, it's it's an interesting topic. I and I he only trusts them because they gave him ninety nine. Yeah, The rest of the players in the league are all mad at Madden for not making them fast enough. That's true. Well, the players always <laughs> have to have a reason to feel disrespected. That's how they motivate themselves. Uh, in the chat, Daniel says, go beeves. Daniel, thank you for joining us. Um, is he trying to get... Uh, is he trying... He- no, okay. I don't think so. Okay. We're, we are hoping that... I, what I really want to do with Daniel today is I'm hoping that he'll jump in when we have our conversation about Jerry Depoto. And the betrayal of the Seattle Mariners to the oh, I'm sorry, the fact that they do favors for their fans. Um, I would we're definitely really gonna, kind of them. We're definitely going to discuss that at some point soon. Um, is there anything else from the two-minute drill, Andrew, that you wanted to dive into deeper? Do You want to talk about North Carolina football for a little bit, or no?
0: Okay, well we'll move on. Then. I I will admit I do know that they have a football team and they've yeah. been pretty good over the last last few years. I did, when I was reading it in real time, I saw North Carolina Tar Heels crush Syracuse, and I was yeah. thinking, this is,
1: that's, those are basketball teams. Yeah, we are coming up. <laughs> uh, basketball season's not too far away. There's <laughs> definitely going to be some discussion during basketball season, probably. Does Syracuse have a
0: football team? Or is the reason yeah. that North Carolina won that they were playing against Syracuse's basketball
1: team? No, they were playing the football team. Yeah. Oh, okay. Actually, I thought that Syracuse was bad. It tur- they were 4-1, I-, I believe, going into the game.
0: Are they in the same? They're uh, in the ACC. Uh, yeah, okay.
1: they're both in the same conference. So maybe the Sierra- American Coasts Conference. Yeah, the Amer- the American Coast Conference. The American Coasts mm-hmm. Conference, because it has to be multiples. Yes, because now they're on both coasts. Yes, yeah. both coasts. Um, okay, well, let's move on to my favorite part of the show. We might someday if I can find the tab. <laughs> <Certain> questions <laughs> up on a silver platter. Where the points are made. Serving up. questions I up do on that. a silver <laughs> platter where the points are made up and the rules don't matter. Time for Stump. Daniel. Stump Daniel is brought to you by the law office of Jeffrey A. Domashevitz, no relation. What's the A stand for? And I, I instead of doing like an actual like trivia asking you questions thing, I just want to throw I, a crazy stat I think
0: Daniel out there. might be uh there there he is. Oh, is he? I think yeah. hey, hey Daniel Daniel, you're live.
1: Daniel, can you hear us? daniel can you daniel might be muted daniel can you dan i don't think he can hear us either i see his face but he's not reacting hi can you hear us
2: sorry i had to you know join via audio and all that stuff yeah it shows your face before you're ready to do that
1: oh sorry (laughs) well you are live my friend you are live and you're just in time for stump daniel
2: I was wondering about that. Yes, I'm. I'm uh, glad I could get here in time. Perfect since timing. Were either not responding to my messages or saying slanderous things that I said.
1: <laughs> uh, you. Let's see. Oh, there were messages in the chat that I missed. Wait, no, yeah, no. Anyway, moving on to what what I did for Stump Angels Day. I had two separate people send me a post about the exact same thing. And said, hey, you should put this on Stump Daniels today. And it is something that I've heard of before. So it's not, I'm, don't, I'm not really going to ask you a question. I'm just going to throw this out and then we can discuss it. It's Just a trivia sort of a thing. And it's, it's something that you've definitely heard. Okay. So did you know that the Seattle Mariners have the same number of playoff appearances in their 47-year history as they have ruptured testicles suffered by their players? They have five playoff appearances in their 47-year history, and also five players have suffered a ruptured testicle for the Seattle Mariners.
2: Well, I, I think I know two of those, Adrian Beltre and Mitch Haniger. Who else?
1: A- yes, Adrian Beltre in 2009, Mitch Hanniger in 2019. In 1980, a pitcher named Mike Parrott uh, took a comebacker off the bat. Ooh. Yeah. Uh, in 1997 Josias Manzanillo stopped a Manny Ramirez liner with his cup that's not a good idea by the way
2: yeah you should try to use something else
1: yeah (laughs) a glove would I think be the best idea you know what's funny this post says that there are five and then it only listed four of them
2: maybe one of them had both testicles rupture.
1: Oh. Ooh, oh. Ah, ooh, oh. Was
2: there a double deuce in there somewhere?
1: Oh. Let's see. 1980 Mike Parrot, blah blah blah. 1997 Manzanillo Uh, night 2009 Adrian Beltray. And then there's a lot of words in that one, but no, just one. Yeah, they only listed <laughs> four. a lot of words. They only listed four. They only listed four. Bad job by baseball history, dork. Anyway, I thought that was kind of an interesting stat, and like I said, I, I have heard that before. I think when Hanniger did it a few years ago, then people were really like, Man, we're just as good at rupturing testicles as we are at making it to the playoffs. Um, So even with the playoff appearance last year, with the expanded playoffs, they still uh, have the same amount. Anyway, that's going to conclude Stump Daniel. And now, I think, Daniel, the thing that I really want to talk about with you while you're with us, and uh, I'm sure you were hurt by this. Jerry DePoto said some stuff. And I I, did when when a baseball executive says something stupid, the first thing I try to do is go listen the next day to nothing personal with David Sampson. He's a former baseball executive who now has a podcast, and he really doesn't hold anything back when he talks about the business side of baseball and the PR side of baseball. He called what Jerry DePoto said a top five all time dumbest thing ever said by a baseball executive. And he said that if he were in charge of the team, he would have fired him immediately. So, DePoto has not skated on this, and he doesn't have supporters. He's been just basically torn down. I want to know your thoughts and your reaction to hearing Jerry DePoto say that he, in fact, winning 54% of your games, not only is that okay, and that's what we're aiming for, but we're doing you a favor.
2: I mean, those were two separate comments right like so
1: well yeah he
2: said
0: that what he said was doing a favor was that being patient yeah not selling out to win the everything this year or or in one year
2: (laughs) yeah so i remember um saying typing a lot of wtfs that (laughs) uh that day when that happened just like what are you Talking about especially when he said 54% like sure if you want to go all
0: like that's 88 wins for for people who aren't good at at, no I was just saying for uh, for anyone out there who isn't great at percentages 54% of 162 is 88
2: yeah so but what he was saying was over a 10 year period
0: averaging
2: 54% of your games then over a 10-year period, so not just in a season, but he communicated that, A, so awfully, and B, are you telling me the Dodgers are only trying to win 54% of their games over oh. a 10-year period? No. No, they're not. They're not trying That's... to win only 54%. They're like, no, we want to win 60% of it, 70%. Like It's just bonkers. They're trying to win 100 games every year. And especially when you're like, your his go-to, I'm sure, is like, oh well, look at the Mets and the Yankees and the Padres. And it's like, mm-hmm. yeah, we're not asking you to be dumb. Look at the Rangers. They did exactly what we want you to do. Their farm system's great. They got to a certain point and were like, hey, now's time to buy. Now we don't even need you to do what they did because they went and got Simeon and Seeger and Sindegaard. And all of this, we're not asking you to go crazy. We're asking for one friggin' bat. That's it. That's it. And then you say, oh, we're gonna, you know, we're doing the fans a favor. Shut up. (laughs) Like, how many times do people have to say stuff about the Mariners fan base that they have, it's like they have zero knowledge of history? And he's been here for what, since 2000? These eight years now, nine years? Some, one of the fans that hopped on the line the other day before he made these comments on on the radio said listed off like four different GMs that have taken garbage teams and brought them into the playoffs and competing into the playoffs, including the Rangers, by the way. Like their GMs have been at the job for like four years. And we're in year five, four or five of our rebuild after he'd already been there so yeah uh I've calmed down a lot I've listened to a lot of different things I listened to him basically say that he said one of the stupidest things you know it wasn't just that guy who said it but he came on the Brock and Salk show and said I completely whiffed on both of those comments and so that was mildly appeasing but well if they don't if they don't sign Shohei Otani, then I'm gonna not happen. I'm gonna go start a fire at the offices. Like this is just awful. Wow.
1: The, the problem with arson. The problem with his <laughs> with what he was
0: saying on the Brock and Salk podcasts the next day or the a few days later is he didn't apologize for anything that he said. He apologized for not communicating his points well enough and then he basically explained why everything he said was still right. It just hadn't been interpreted properly. And the problem is not that, like, yes, if you are, are winning 50, if you look at the teams that have won 54% of their games over a 10-year period, they're good teams. They also didn't win 54% of their games every every year they started out really bad they built a good team and then they ended that 10 years winning 90 95 games nine more than 95 games not just always at least they're it's not it's not a a situation where you're like well we just want to be barely getting in every year it's a situation where if you build a good team over 10 years you'll end up averaging around eight around 54 percent because your early terrible years will be offset by your later really good years and he and at no point did he acknowledge that and and it blows my mind that you would look at those numbers and think, yes, our goal should be to average 54%. No, your goal should be to win World Series. And you can say, I think that the best way for us to get to our goal is to make moves so that we're continually improving. And over time, we'll know that we're improving because we'll get closer and closer to that 54% average as we get a better team. None of that is your goal. Your goal should be to win. Like, it should be to win. It shouldn't be to win some of the time. You can say, hey, look, we won a lot of games, so we're getting closer to our goal of winning it all. But you can't say, well, actually, we did pretty good because we met our goal. And you should be grateful that our goal is if we make the goal winning the World Series, then we'd make all these crazy moves and then we'd be terrible if it didn't work. That, well, that was no, the your goal is,
1: should be to win the World Series and you don't have to make all the moves in one year to get there. That was the key word was you should be grateful. Like that that was the thing to me that was like, that was where he missed the mark so badly. So bad. Hey, you know what? You guys should keep taking it when we barely miss the playoffs or when we barely make the playoffs because we're doing this for you. We're doing you a favor when all Mariners fans want is for you to complete a rebuild the way rebuilds are completed in Major League Baseball, where you tear a roster down. You did it. You tore the roster all the way down. You sucked bad for a few years on purpose so that you could build this team back up. You got really good prospects. And you got really good players who are coming into the primes of their career and to the best years of their career, and then you're supposed to go add to it. Like that's what that's what Cal Raleigh said, is exactly yeah. right. Is exactly right.
2: Yep, exactly. I think the thing that they should have. I mean, the Cubs had that same press conference basically, except for their GM said, uh, "No, our goal every year is to win," and we failed. So we have to do better.
1: Yes.
0: That was literally all that Mariners fans had to hear. Exactly. Now,
2: Jerry has said, I messed up the roster construction Mm -hmm. at the beginning of the year. So he has said some of those same things. Yeah. Right. Yep. He's just also said the really dumb crap where he's trying to sound really smart and smarter than everybody. So he has said the things that we want him to say where he's like, I messed up. I screwed up the roster construction. I brought in Pollock. I brought in Wong. I screwed this up. But then he goes on and says this stupid, absolute mind numbing crap and tries to spin it as I'm the smartest guy in the room by a million years. And we're like, okay, now you just sound like an idiot. And I mean, it's not the first time we've been pissed off with Jerry DePoto, right?
1: No, but this time he didn't lie. This time he just said something stupid out loud that he shouldn't have said. Well, see, I, I think the other, it's the, the same thing.
2: This, the other side of this is do any of us believe that he's got the keys to
1: the bank? It doesn't seem like it because Stanton's a poor I right. I don't I think that it's a
0: lot more complicated than just not having the money to spend because he has spent a lot of money on Julio and and a lot of money on Castillo while still like admittedly the rest of the roster is is low enough that they're still vi- not spending a lot of total money I feel like it's I just feel like it's more complicated than just like oh he doesn't he he isn't going to spend money I think it's more likely that it's there's got to be extra uh extra
1: reason to spend the money if that makes sense it's hard with Shohei specifically because, I know we've talked about this before, but Shohei is the unique player that you can almost sign without financial worry because he's going to mm-hmm. pay for himself. Like because, because of how popular he is in his home country and how much more merchandise is going to be sold and how many more eyes from across the world are going to be on your product he that that can't be said for most free agents that you sign but it can be said for Shohei so if yeah. financials are the concern there then he should be the guy you want to sign yeah yeah if, if roster yeah. construction is your concern and you don't want to pay 50 million dollars for a DH who may never pitch successfully again then I kind of understand but if if the financial side of it is the concern then you throw basically like Daniel said a billion dollars well, Spend twice as much as you need to because he's going to pay for himself. Exactly.
2: And that's the other thing. Like, let's say he never pitches again. You can't tell me that he's a guy who would then only be a DH. He's only a DH now because he pitches.
0: The dude is a
2: freak. He is a freak athlete. First base, he's as fast as Julio is.
0: Yeah, he's he's
2: stealing. (laughs) (laughs) Right. first base would be a waste. He'd be in the
0: outfield somewhere. He could he could easily play a corner outfield.
2: Yeah. I mean, does he have
0: Next a good arm Julio. could he play right field? <laughs> <laughs> well, actually that's an interesting question. Having to, if he can't if his arm is bad enough that Bryce he can't hyper. pitch. Okay, he would still be able to play to play outfield with uh with the an arm I that mean, couldn't pitch still.
2: I mean, if you're saying like After he comes back, tries to pitch, things aren't working out. That type of a situation, then he could move into the outfield. Yeah, I mean he's not good Bryce Harper had to DH for a year. Like he could come back. He came back and hit, but he didn't play the field until the next season. Yeah, well, but now he's but now he's out there fine. Yeah, I
0: I think that it's been pretty universally reported that Shohei will bat next year but will not try not be pitching until the year after next year right
2: and then if that's a failure he'd still be able to go okay. play right here. yeah but i mean that's it there's just if they don't do something big this year because that's that's the thing is the fans didn't put this expectation either
0: yeah And if you're
2: telling me that the head of your baseball operations didn't know about your freaking marketing plan at the beginning of the season, which had freaking Scott Service checking off boxes and then circling the World Series as that was the one that was left. And then you're going to come out here and say, oh, we did you a favor that we're taking this really slow and 54%. No, that's not what you told us. You told us this. We didn't make this up. You told us, first of all, you told us what year you thought in the rebuild that we were going to be good. And then we got here, and then you hyped it all up, and now they take a step back because of the mistakes you made. And then you're like, oh, but actually, we just want to win 54% more. We're doing you guys a favor because we didn't do anything.
0: Well, and the whole that whole section of comments was him saying we we didn't we missed the playoffs but in spite of the fact that we missed the playoffs we actually feel like the team took a step forward this year that's what and, that's what he and if, he literally was basing that on the fact that they were better in every statistic except for strikes, strikeouts and wins
2: which is so frustrating which means you took a
0: step back because you're winning less <laughs> exactly
2: and all of the stats that everybody loves to run out you know like oh they were striking out the same amount of times or the same amount, if not more, during their August stretch. So, striking out must not be the problem.
0: And again, we, we nobody's like, yeah, total strikeouts. They've shifted on that, though, too. In this last week, both Service and Jerry have admitted that they were striking out way too much. It just took them exactly. till the end of the season to admit it. Exactly. That, that that was the problem, uh, a problem, yeah. a big problem. Yeah,
2: but also, it depends on when, when you're striking out, when you have crappy at-bats. That's the main thing. In August... When they got the bases loaded, they were doing damage. Although I did just watch a like every hype moment video from like their big run that's, you know, was basically the August run. And in that hype video, their go Goldsmith is going, Well, let's see if they can pay this off after the sixth inning when they had the bases loaded with no outs and I was like, Oh no, nope. apparently that's just a thing. Mariners baseball. Bases loaded, no outs, no runs.
0: Well, also, also, all strikeouts Soto are Mojo. <laughs> you got to love these yeah. guys. Also, not every strikeout is, is equal at all. Like, if you're looking yeah, at numbers strikeout of strikeouts. Is,
2: not every strikeout is Julio watching 97 down the middle, swinging at 97 down the middle and missing, and then swinging at a curveball that starts outside and goes even farther outside. Yeah, like, exactly.
0: If just, you strike out on eight pitches, I'm not mad. Even yeah. in the even in the moment in a clutch position. If you strike out on 8, 9, 10, 11 pitches, I'm like, that was a battle. You battled. Good good at bat. Yeah. If you strike out on 4 pitches, I'm like, maybe you shouldn't have swung. Yeah, exactly. Or maybe you should swing if you watch
1: four, but <laughs> Yeah. Just ridiculous. Do you guys have Absolutely. Do you guys have more Mariners thoughts because there's actually a very simple solution to this problem. When I have already filed <laughs> the official paperwork to to, <laughs> to uh, renew my fanhood of the Baltimore Orioles, so I will be bailing next year. Uh, well, I'll be that's in, another thing. Well, you're See, Daniel. You're wearing black me. and orange. So. I know. I'm my wardrobe
2: is fully suited for a switch. To <laughs> yeah, Baltimore. I can uh, guide you through the, the process. Makes, I've
1: done it a lot of times. I'm really good at it. That's the other Justin's thing. Got that a frequent is. flyer card. <laughs> <laughs>
2: That's the other thing that's frustrating about this is we watch other teams who are supposed to be a step behind us leapfrog us, right? The the Astros were coming back down to earth and we were supposed to be that next team growing. And then all of a sudden Texas leapfrogs us. The Orioles were in the middle of their own rebuild after being absolutely garbage, but they're supposed to be a year behind us. They won a hundred games this year in the best division in baseball. I'm done with excuses. It is it's not okay? I'm so
0: pissed.
1: Go O's. Do you guys have anything else on Mariners before uh, we take a break and shift? Do the- you want?
0: Do you want to hear the thing that is that I'm clinging to as hope? Absolutely. My hope is we we have seen that Jerry is at least talented enough at putting together a roster that we got as good as we are, right? We 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 agree that like our our uh, farm system is far better than it was before, and and the team on the field is at least as good as they were with a better farm system behind them as they were like four or five years ago.
2: The organization is definitely in right. a much better spot than it's been in a right. long long time.
0: So what I'm clinging to is that Jerry is terminally bad at communicating. Like, really, really bad. And I do, I think there's some, there is some evidence for this. Not just based on the fact that he thought it was okay to say those things out loud. But also based on, like, the the Graveman trade. Which, Daniel, you may be willing to die on the hill that he lied. I think that you can make a very good argument that he thought he was telling the truth. And then he thought he followed through on what he said. But what he said just had no bearing on reality so my hope is that in spite of him being horrible at communicating his plan and at getting buy-in on his plan it still will will work and i'm not super hopeful because what i'm most worried about is not how much money he's gonna spend or because i think he's probably very willing to spend uh to trade as opposed to like I don't know if well they'll ever get a big free agent signing but I do think that they that we might see a huge trade but that's so annoying but if Cal Raleigh and JP Crawford aren't buying into your process I'm worried that even if your process is good if you're so bad at communicating it that you can't sell it to your team leadership that the team is going to get terrible that's what I'm worried yeah. about
2: and they've already shown that, you know? What? I mean, Kyle Seeger hates their guts so much that Corey <laughs> so like Seeger taking is shots. still dropping comments about it, taking shots. And now Cal and JP are having these conversations.
0: like. And this is also anyone who thinks, oh, that was rude to their teammates. You need to pay attention to what their teammates were saying because everybody was going, yeah. Like, he doesn't need to apologize for anything. He's right.
2: Yeah. And and see, this is funny because those – sorry, this is a weird flash. First of all, <laughs> Ian just texted me and says, bad communicators is why me and him have jobs. And that's true. But also, remember when Russell Wilson had that interview where he said, yeah, I'd like some help on the offensive line. I mean, Dwayne Brown was good, and everybody was like, oh, he better apologize to his offensive line, and he better apologize to Dwayne Brown. And I'm feeling the same thing here. Cal Raleigh saying, hey, we need more big-time guys is not him saying, I hate you, Josh Rojas. No. And Josh Rojas knows who he is. And
0: it might be Cal saying, Wong sucked. But guess what? Everybody else in the clubhouse knows that too. And that's not, I mean...
1: That Wong knew that too. Are you saying Josh Rojas knows that he's not as good as Shohei Otani Yeah, I think he. I think, <laughs> I think he understands that. I think it's fair to say most major league players know that. There yeah. might be a handful that think they're better. They're wrong yeah. though.
2: <laughs> Andrew, I uh, I'm having to leave now. I've got other family stuff I got to do. Uh,
1: Daniel's Daniel's about to and... be wrist deep and poopy. Daniel yeah. is about to
0: no longer be with us today.
2: <laughs> um but i'm holding you andrew to try and keep justin from giving athlete of the week to all of the money people that he has just listed
1: Well, you'll I need to make your arguments one... via
0: tech message you can you can message the arguments in, Look, in on youtube
1: the nomination list I didn't nominate any of them. Gay Bodwell,
0: gay Bodwell, gay Bodwell, gay Bodwell, Bodwell.
1: <laughs> all those nominations came from outside, and it just happens <laughs> that the list is almost all Bulldogs. I don't know what you want me to do about it. I'd love to know what happened in the Elma game. I'd love to know what Seriously? the stats were. The article's still Seriously? not posted. I don't have any way to get stats. I know that they won. There very well could be an Athlete of the Week from the Elma's game, but nobody nominated anyone, and I don't have any access to the stats.
2: Right. That's so frustrating.
1: Agreed. (sighs) Anyway, Daniel, you can go change a diaper or (laughs) clean up puke or whatever you need to do. Uh, We we will do the local sports roundup and select an athlete of the week without you.
2: (laughs) All right. I'm sorry I can't be there, especially to... I feel like I couldn't bring all the energy I wanted to to that last discussion too, but <laughs> I, think yeah,
1: yeah, I think you, you did great. I think you did great. It was good. Uh, well, you know, do what you need to do, get some rest as well. And uh, then you can set yourself up for a nice week at work.
2: Yay.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> bye. Bye. Yeah. Bye. Bye Daniel. Well, this seems like a good time. We have some local sports to talk about. Uh, I'll have a goals update and we'll need to name a Spivey athlete of the week. But before we do that, Let's take a quick commercial break.
0: It's taking a while. That's okay. I'm sorry. No problem. I was busy closing the Zoom.
1: Do you have a legal situation and need someone on your side? Yes. Let the law office of Jeffrey A. Damashevitz be your advocate. If you've been the victim of medical malpractice, suffered a personal injury, or need representation with real estate law, small business law, or estate planning, let Jeff Damashevitz put his 29 years of experience to work for you. Call Jeff Damashevitz today at 360-612-3991 or visit DomasiewiczLaw.com. That's dot com. This scrimmage is brought to you by the law office of Jeffrey A. Domashevitz and Spivey Realty Group. Thank you for those sponsors for helping make this show happen. I am Justin Damashevitz, Andrew Gross, producing the show while also co-hosting here today, <laughs> giving us lots of insights on Cougs and the Nerves, and I can call them the Nerves because Daniel's not here because Daniel is no longer with us today. Uh, we have... A, a small local sports roundup and I'm gonna this is the part where I make excuses okay I was really busy oh wait this week. do you need the I don't I don't have the slow music <laughs> <laughs> I was really busy this week and I didn't have time to sort through all the articles and get all the different sports so number one I would like to apologize to people who don't play football or who don't play soccer at Monty or Elma. I did not intentionally exclude you. I just didn't have time. Also, we didn't get, um, we hardly got any athlete of the week nominations this week compared to they've been pouring in the last couple weeks. And we didn't get very many, so I didn't have a lot of stuff to look into. And as we mentioned, we don't have articles on the local sports action that now, <laughs> the football games, which now happened almost two full days ago. We don't have uh, info on that. And I tried. Once I realized it was apparent we weren't going to get it, I tried email or texting some coaches and trying to figure out if there was a way that we could get some stats, but nobody had them accessible that I contacted. And I, again, apologize to the players. You deserve better. And we're going to try to figure out a system going forward that we won't have to depend on whether or not the article comes out on time. But for now, let's go ahead and do a abbreviated version of the local sports roundup. Third-ranked Montesano improved to 6-0 on the season with a 36-0 win over Eatonville on Friday at Jack Rottlefield. Bulldog senior fullback Gabe Bodwell rushed for three touchdowns for the fourth consecutive game. Yes, I said three touchdowns for the fourth consecutive game. Very impressive. Monty forced seven cruiser turnovers in the contest, five interceptions, and two fumbles. Bodie Poehler and Torin Kreitz each picked off two passes. Kreitz also caught a long touchdown pass from Tyson Perry. In the second quarter, Thomas Flink scooped up an Etonville fumble and returned it 31 yards for a score. Montesano will host Hoquiam on Friday. That'll be senior night for Montesano. Andrew, do you want to read one?
0: Elma came back from a 21-0 yeah. deficit against Black Hills on Friday to take out the Wolves, 41-34. The Eagles trailed 28-14 at half, then scored 27 unanswered points. Elma will look for its second league win on Friday when they host
1: to Slimo. Elma, 4-2 uh, on the season, by the way. That's a pretty impressive record, and I don't know how many people really saw that coming from this Eagles team, but they've had a great season. In other football scores around the area, Aberdeen lost to top-ranked Tumwater 55 nothing at Stewart Field, Hoke lost 51-13 at Tenaino, North Beach lost to Toodle Lake 38-0, and PL Willipah Valley's comeback attempt fell just a little bit short, in a 27-24 loss to Toledo. Toledo, also the team that beat Raymond South Bend earlier this season. And as a little side note here, Raymond South Bend had a game scheduled against Nia Bay this week. Nia Bay canceled, so technically, Raymond South Bend wins that by forfeit, but it's a non-league game, so it doesn't really matter.
0: Montesano and Elma's girls' soccer teams renewed their rivalry on Tuesday in Elma. In yet another thrilling match between these two squads, Montesano came away with a win on PKs after playing to a 1 1 tie in regulation. Bethany Henderson scored the Bulldogs' lone goal in regulation on a direct free kick from about 25 yards out. Beta Valentine scored the Eagles' goal, assisted by Valerie Echeverria. The keepers for both teams shined as well. Montesano's Riley Timmons made 12 saves, and Elma's Emmy Spencer, previous athlete of the week, Mm -hmm. saved nine shots. The four Monty players to make overtime PKs were Henderson, Mary Campbell, Alexa Stanfield, and Sam Roundtree. Miley Seberg and Aleah Weld converted their PKs for Elma. These two teams will meet again on October October 19th in Monteceno.
1: And that will conclude the local sports roundup. Apologize again to anybody who's disappointed about the length of that. I did want to make sure we got this Monty Elma soccer result in there because that has been a huge rivalry over the last couple of years and a lot of the same girls in it because there's been a lot of underclassmen that have been performing on these teams for a while. Montesano was the league champion last year, but then Elma was the district champion so they've really gone back and forth. In this one, Monty gets the best of them just barely on PKs. And these two, and this is with Monty playing without the reigning league MVP, uh, Michaela Stanfield, who's out with an ankle injury. They still came away with this win. And we did get an athlete of the week nomination for Bethany Henderson here. And I believe the direct quote from the message was Bethany Henderson scored on Emmy Spencer. Nobody scores on Emmy Spencer. So she needed <laughs> she was the only goal scorer for Monty and she scored on a, a a really great goalie for Elma and Emmy Spencer. So I think that was worth noting. And I am excited at the at what's gonna happen in the next matchup between these two teams. I don't think I don't know for sure, but I don't think that Michaela Stanfield's time frame lines up with her coming back for that game. But we'll have to see what happens there. I I would really like to be at that game. I really want to go watch it. And it's in Monty, which is just right in my backyard. So I'm going to make a sincere effort to go there and catch that game between those two teams. We talk about those girls all the time because of all the success they've had over the last couple of seasons. I have a goals update. And then we're going to talk a little bit about Montesano's win over Eatonville. Now, the, the first goals update that I got, I love the, the beginning of the message I got from Coach Daniel was, hey, uh, you, guys, you guys have been missing when we have these like massive uh, statistical games because this is the U15 team that used to win by like scoring 10, 12, 14 goals every game. And now they're playing in a Premier League, so they're playing in a much higher level of competition. And he's like, hey, we went ahead and just scored a bunch of goals again. So the goals... Uh, Again, and I know I explain this a lot, but I want to make sure people understand. This premier U15 team, these kids were so good last year that it was determined that they can no longer play with normal people. So they played in a league that's a couple steps up from the league that they were playing in. They're playing against really, really high-level competition. And they just beat the WE Surf team 14 to nil. 14. That's fourteen. A lot of points. It's a lot of goals. <laughs> um, and I did have a note too from Coach Daniel on this that the team they were playing against, because I think when when you see a fourteen to nil victory, you're like, "All right," but how bad is that team you just played against, right? Or like, are they, you know, what whatever the scenario is. But the the team that they played has played 3 games in this premier league, tied 1-4 four to 4 and then the losses were 4-0 nothing and 3-0 nothing. So the fact that the goals came out and the the result was not close to what any of the that team's previous results had been. They just totally kicked their butts. The goals are coming off of a loss And they came out and they played angry. Hebron Garcia is going to get an athlete of the week nomination for scoring four goals in that game and having two assists. Wow. Uh, JB Fabian also had four goals. Michael Garcia had three goals. So you had three different players who scored a hat trick or more for the goals in that game. Trevin, two goals and one assist Israel, one goal and two assists. Josh Jackson, Talon, Zeke, Reyes and Rigo. Each had an assist as well. Hebron was named player of the match. Um, He had previously scored in four of the six games this season, and today he doubled his tally of goals, which is pretty cool. The coaching staff said they had a really hard time naming an honorable mention. All the coaches were having an extremely difficult time picking the man of the match until Hebron managed to run away with it at the end. Michael, JB, and Hebron, with their first Hat tricks of the season, so that's pretty cool. I think uh, there's a lot of good stuff in store for this Premier Goals U15 team going forward, and uh, I'm very excited to hear a lot about that. Now we do have a boys U13 team that lost two to one in the second half on an own goal, cost them their lead. Uh, that's unfortunate. A girls U14 team that tied two to two with crossfire. Um and the quote from the coach said a shot by Zippy that resulted in an own goal and a second goal by Anna player of game would be the whole team. Everyone played unbelievable and hit a post three or four times. So they're getting really close to scoring. Um Anna would be the player of the match there for scoring a goal. The boys U11 team with a five to two win versus Mount Rainier FC. And the notes say, after going down 2-0 in the first 10 minutes, the goals managed to climb back to 2-2 two to two before the half ended. And then Allen scored the first goal, uh, making it 2-1. And Ansel got the assist. Allen scored a solo goal that made it 2-2. Two two. In the second half, the goals just ran away with it, scoring three goals. Allen, Levi, and Alex with assists from Alexander, Allen, and Johan. Uh, the player of the match says Delilah she was a brick wall and would not let the boys get past her. Hey, that's cool. So they, this is a boys team that has a girl named Delilah playing on it. That's kind of awesome. Um, she was not dribbled past once. And then, as an honorable mention, Allen with a hat trick and a goal, as well as John, who had great saves to keep the lead and hold off Mount Rainier. The BO5 team won 6-1. to one, And the co-players of the game were Hugo Garcia who was a captain and, a, and just commended for his leadership and also Hank Dolman who had his first hat trick of the season, which I believe we're calling a Hank trick because his name trick. is Hank H <laughs> E N K not Hank, but Hank. Oh, Hink. Hink trick. Hank, Hank. Okay. Hank. Yeah. So we have uh, nominations for athlete of the week for hebron Garcia for Hank Dolman for Delilah Wiggins for her defensive contributions as well. Uh, I believe, yeah, that's going to do it for our goals update. So I want to talk a little bit before we name Well, we're going to take. Hmm.
0: You have to read that or do I don't you have. Wanna, the oh, you don't have it. No, <laughs> I'll just <laughs> Hey, Daniel, you should uh, send us the the you,
1: uh, you know, I don't. I'll, I'll just when it's time to take the break, I'll just talk about Spivey a little bit. And OK, we'll, that we'll, sounds do it good. that way. OK, but I want to discuss Montesano's game against Eatonville this week. And I wish that I had stats, but I don't. But I can tell you who scored all the touchdowns. Um, The tutties. The tutties. Gabe Bodwell had three. Thomas Flink's fumble recovery... uh, Thomas Flink's fumble recovery for um, the Bulldogs was pretty cool. That was a play where the ball bounced up to him. And Thomas is pretty small. He plays like that hybrid uh, corner linebacker position for Montesano, But when he grabbed that ball we really got to see a demonstration of what Thomas can really do for you, which is when he gets a seam, he's really fast and he's quick and he can move. He got, he got to the end zone really well, got some lead blockers out in front of him and scored a defensive touchdown. And then as far as the athlete of the week nominations from this game go, I have two and I think they're both pretty compelling. You know, Gabe, I think it, Gabe keeps scoring three touchdowns and he, it's going to keep compounding. Like it's, the fact that he scores three touchdowns in some scenarios might make you yawn and be like, oh, another three-touchdown performance by Gabe Bodwell. <laughs> touchdowns are so boring. But really, for me, like the longer this streak goes, and it's at four games in a row now, and the game before that, he had two. So he's one touchdown away from having a five-game streak of three touchdowns. It's pretty amazing. So like the longer he gets into this streak of three-touchdown games, the more impressed I am with it. The other one was Torin Kreitz, and, and I don't think Torin is a sophomore. I don't think we've talked a ton about Torin I know that we have mentioned him he is a big strong player who also is really really fast he plays free safety and he also mixes in at this at a wide receiver position for Monty on offense and Torin Kreitz is a name that you're absolutely going to be hearing over the next few years in Monteceno football but he has managed even as a sophomore to have a huge impact for Monty this year as well he's got he's had several picks already this year so like having him come out in a game and have two interceptions is really it's really not all that surprising um he I don't remember if it was last week or the week before but he also he had a pick six and a kick return for a touchdown in this game he had two interceptions and then he also had a 39 yard touchdown catch on a bomb in which I would commend him on that play for using his body really well to shield the defender um, it was a well-placed ball by Tyson Perry, a nice high rainbow on a deep throw, and uh, Torrin did a good job of just making sure that the defender didn't have a chance to get to the ball, and then he ran it in for the end into the end zone for the touchdown. So I would give uh, Athlete of the Week nominations. Well, I don't have to give them, because they actually, I received them from other people. But Athlete of the Week nominations for Gabe Bodwell and Torin Kreitz for their performance in this game. I think for... Fans of this Montesano football team, and I, this is a conversation that we've had a little bit as the season has gone on, is how much are they really going to be tested? Um, we've discussed the fact that this league is not as strong as it has been in the past. Nino, um, they did get their first win against Hoquiam this week, but you know they, they were 0-5 up to that point. They've really struggled this year. Hoquiam also has really struggled this year. Elma is, I think, the surprising bright spot there where I didn't... I wasn't, I'm was, i not saying that I thought Elma was bad, but I am surprised to see them at 4-2, and two, and I was surprised to have seen how many points they put up on Black Hills, which is a Black Hills team that held Aberdeen to 17 points last week, and Aberdeen needed a, a, a late touchdown to beat Black Hills. I had thought of... I'll just admit this. I had thought of Aberdeen as a significantly better team than elma so seeing elma score that many points against black hills when aberdeen didn't manage that i I, that was pretty surprising to me
0: maybe aberdeen broke
1: black hills it's possible maybe maybe black hills came out of that game just beaten up like like the seahawks used to do to teams back in like the legion of boom like there was that stat about how teams were terrible after they played the week after they played Mm -hmm. the seahawks that that's possible Maybe the Bobcats gave the, the Eagles an assist it Seems likely. But go, <laughs> circling back to the point that I just strayed so far away from, the league is not as strong as it has been the previous couple years when you had Tenino and Eatonville and Montesano all ranked in the top 10, all state playoff teams. And you, you don't have that anymore because Eatonville graduated a ton of really good players. Tenino also graduated a ton of really good players and lost their whole coaching staff. I, I had felt going into this game that Eatonville. Was probably going to give Montesano the best test that they've had. And if you watch the beginning of the game, actually, pretty much through three quarters of the game, I think that was absolutely true. Eatonville defensively was pretty stout and making it difficult for Monty to get much going on offense. It was nine to nothing after the first quarter. Uh, That. And that was after a pretty good drive that led to a Gabe Bodwell touchdown. And then just nothing for Monty offensively, really, after that. The only reason that they were up 16 to nothing going into halftime was because of the Thomas Flink defensive touchdown. And I I do really believe that this win was driven uh, by Montesano's defense forcing turnovers. You know, when you force seven turnovers in a game, and it's not like Eatonville couldn't move the ball. They were able to move the ball a little bit. But there was so much pressure in the backfield, coming from Monty's defensive line and their linebackers, that Eatonville quarterbacks were running for their lives. They were chucking the ball up over their shoulder and just a whole bunch of picks. But it, as a for someone who's rooting for Montesano, you know you you kind of feel like if you're because your schedule's not going to be that difficult compared to some of these other teams, when playoff seating rolls around, you need to win your games convincingly. Because these guys who are doing the seeding are going to be looking at all these margins of victory and trying to figure out, you know, which teams are, by the slimmest of margins in the top eight of the state, which teams are the best. Yeah. So you need convincing margins of victory in these games. And Eatonville was really stout for the first three quarters. Montesano had the, the 16 to nothing lead with the defensive touchdown going into halftime. And then in the third quarter, Eatonville flat out was the better team for an entire quarter. Monty's offense went three and out twice, and Eatonville had a really long winding drive that got inside the Montesano five-yard line. They actually scored a touchdown, but the Bulldogs got bailed out by the fact that there was a holding penalty on the play. So the touchdown got taken away. Then Monty's defense stiffened up and held him out, and they turned it over on downs. And then in the fourth quarter, it was like, I don't know whether this was Eatonville getting tired or them kind of realizing, Hey, we can't, you know, nothing's going to happen. And they got deflated or what the deal was, but Monty came out in the fourth quarter and played phenomenal, scored three touchdowns in the fourth quarter. And that was even with their JV, um, turning the ball over on the last two possessions of the game. Montesano really just took over in the fourth quarter and, and led to the convincing margin Next week is Hoquiam. As I mentioned, Hoquiam has struggled a lot this season. And uh, that'll, you know, if Montesano can do what they should do, then they'll move to 7-0 and on the season. But again, not, I'm not going to do the thing where, like, I'm forecasting an, an undefeated season. But from now until the time the state playoffs happen, Monty will be favored in every game they play. That's a scientific fact. Andrew, do you have any thoughts about Montesano football? Not really. Okay.
0: They have good coaches.
1: I have uh, I have one other guy that I really want to shout out that I haven't – well, uh, okay, two, actually, because Bodie, one of our favorite players, Bodie Poehler, had two interceptions in this game, and both of them were just absolutely insane. He had one where he was moving backwards, and the ball was kind of a floater, and it was like a full extension leap backwards. No, he oh. was he was moving away from the ball, but it was like a forward dive oh, okay. with a full extension leap. Actually, one of the photographers that was like one of the high school kids that was taking pictures got a really nice shot of it. Nice. Um, it was a great pick. And then the second interception he had was, for my money, is one of the most difficult ways to intercept a pass. He was jumping a route that was like a sideline route, a short sideline route. And he came from out of nowhere, which means he's at a full sprint. It's a hard pass. He's charging it. And like he comes into the frame and catches the ball against his chest in a way where, man, if you have a chance, I don't know if there's there's even access to this film, but like it would be really cool if we could figure out a way to post some of these plays. Bodie made just two. That absolutely that sounds like insane. the
0: kind of interception that works in high school. And then you move up a level and all of a sudden, instead of throwing 70 mile an hour throws, the quarterbacks are throwing 90 mile an hour pitches and all of a sudden it's just like knocking the breath out of you instead of you catching it.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And and that was just a really great play by Bodie. And
0: that's not to take anything away from it, but the way you're describing it, I know what you're talking about. That is so hard to corral because it it hits your chest, uh, your, your chest plates on your, your pads
1: hard. And then you're, trying to hang on to it and it's really just difficult to catch a ball like that when you're sprinting Mm -hmm. towards it you know yeah um so I I was very impressed by both of Bodie's interceptions and then the guy that I I think the guy I really want to shout out that I, I haven't had a chance to talk much about because we're not getting individual stats like I don't have tackle stats I don't know how who has how many tackles for Monty that isn't something that's been um Usually publicly. there's
0: two tackles on offense and two tackles on defense.
1: <laughs> no, only one tackle on defense for, for oh. the Bulldogs. They run a, like a 3-3 oh, okay. uh, defense. But anyway, I, Actually, I knew that and should not have <laughs> made that mistake. I gotta mention the play of, of Gabe Pahala because he's playing middle linebacker. He's a junior and Gabe, two really good Gabes on this team because you got Gabe Bodwell and you got Gabe Pahala. But Pahala has been, I, you know, you watch him last year and it was very obvious that physically he was super capable of jumping in and being a really good player, but it would seem that he often caught himself out of position, wasn't in the right spot, didn't always know. He was young and learning and didn't, didn't always know um, when and where he was supposed to be. But as the middle linebacker for this, this Montesano defense, that's averaging, allowing five points a game, I believe this season he has been absolutely incredible. Not only does he seem to always, he has a great nose for the ball. He seems to always know where he's supposed to be and be making plays. He's a very sure tackler. When he gets a run up on somebody, he hits like a jackhammer. I've been really impressed by, by Gabe Pahala this season. And you know, he's only a junior. So you got a whole nother season. He's, he's the kind of guy that when I watch him, I think, man, when that kid is a senior, if this team has success, that could be like a like a defensive league MVP caliber player. You know, I'm not saying I'm not predicting that he's going to win the defensive league MVP because there's a lot of other stuff that goes into that. But I remember watching Mateo Sanchez as a sophomore, and and saying out loud like, "That's the kind of guy. Like that's the kind of player who wins defensive league MVP." And it's the way that Pahala is playing. Uh, for me, I'm not an expert in you know football defenses, and maybe. Coaches would have a completely different opinion than me. But when I, <laughs> when I watch Gabe Pahala, I think like that, that's a special talent at linebacker there. And that kid's going to do some really big things. He's already doing big things as a junior. He's going to do really big things as a senior for money. So real quick, before we go into naming a Spivey athlete of the week, I want to talk about Spivey realty group because um, we have welcomed in this sponsorship from Spivey and, Ultimately, you know, we 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 discuss a lot about how when companies sponsor us, they are not just sponsoring our show. They're not just sponsoring Daniel or me or Andrew or Pax. They're really trying to have an impact on the community by supporting local sports because what we want to achieve here is to cover local sports in a way that makes them feel more special and cool we want we exist to create a platform for local athletes to achieve be recognized for their achievements and their accomplishments and a company like Spivey Realty Group stepping in I don't want people who are watching this show or listening to this show to just be like wow that's Spivey supports that that show the scrimmage that's cool Spivey with their sponsorship is not just supporting the scrimmage. They are supporting local sports and trying to do something important and impactful in the community. So we thank Spivey so much for that sponsorship and appreciate the heart that's behind it because anybody can go buy ads, anybody can go do advertising somewhere, but it takes a company that really cares about the community to invest their money in places like the local sports radio broadcasts or our show or you know the daily world sports section or wherever it is you, you gotta you gotta care a little bit more about the community to do things like that so thank you so much to spivey realty group and now let's jump into the nominees andrew you and i will discuss what to do here what is happening with your camera oh
0: it's Pax. it's a pax cam oh he's so cute I realized if anyone out there wants to sponsor Pax, he eats a lot of food, so. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Does he like it when I call him Gluteus Paximus? I think he just likes it when he gets attention. Mm.
0: I'm pretty sure he's a firm believer in the there is no such thing as bad
1: attention. Well, he's a great guard dog. I mean, when nobody was home today, <laughs> when I came through your gate, he was very intimidating. When he I don't believe you. Car. He was really intimidating. He jumped on me. so that's not something that I think I think only scary intimidating guard dogs would do that all right Andrew let's talk about our nominees for spivey athlete of the week I mentioned already Gabe Bodwell and Torin Kreitz from Montesano football Bodwell fourth week in a row I'm going to... Again, I don't have the stats, but I'm fairly certain he had... <laughs> that shouldn't stop you from making them up. <laughs> that's a good point. That's a good point. I, I'm fairly certain that he had... Conv- I'm I'm pretty confident to say he had over 100 yards rushing. And the three touchdowns to go with it. Torin Kreitz, you know, the big bomb for a touchdown. He had another catch earlier in the game. And then two interceptions. And Torin, as a sophomore, is really... Um, having a big impact for Monty. Bethany Henderson for Monty Girls Soccer. You get an Athlete of the Week nominee just for being the only person to score on Emmy Spencer. That's that's pretty cool. That seems fair. Yeah, and that was, by the way, that was an outside nomination as well. I'm not just making these up. Those were nominations that came from the outside. Were you standing outside? No, I was not standing outside, Hannah. These are not... I did not invent (laughs) these. These were real we had a few these are outside nominations <laughs> from outside this house outside of you know st- whatever stuff Ooh, did i get stats i might have got stats hold on can i make any sense of these uh, i'll use them later okay um what stats from, were they i can't tell because they're on like a I, I was asking some Monty people I know for stats. Okay, I, so it's
0: Monty stats. Okay, we're not interested. I, if it was Elma if it was Elma stats, I was going to be like, no, we need to know those stats.
1: I think actually... <laughs> good point. I think actually when I um, have a chance to sort through these and figure out what they say, that'll, that'll be very helpful. But right now, I'm just going to say Gabe Bodwell had like 400 rushing yards. Um, we had two Athlete of the Week, two or three Athlete of the Week nominations come for Grays Harbor goals. Uh, Hebron Garcia... Four goals, two assists in that big 14 to nil win. Then you also had Hank Dolman with his Hank trick in the six to one win uh, for the goals as well. And then Delilah Wiggins for her defensive contributions in a five to two win that that has now seen the B13 manage four wins and one draw to start the season. And then also uh, Alan Reyes, who managed a hat trick with an assist in that game as well. Andrew, do you have initial thoughts on... I, I know what I would do.
0: I know what you would do, too.
1: But... Uh, <laughs> I, okay, so let me just throw it out there. And you, you tell me... You I tell was really me hoping
0: what, Daniel would be able to come back and argue with you.
1: There's no... See, here's the thing. But he, he
0: hasn't even given us a hoquium like nomination yet
1: well one of the things that i enjoyed the most about last week was that we had nominations from all these different sports that came in we had volleyball we had cross country we had um soccer we had football we had several different sports that got nominations and this week it was just i don't know what the reason was if there was less big performances across our sports well maybe nobody read about it in the paper (laughs) and i know in football we have less possibilities because raymond Southbend didn't play Um, P.L. Willapa Valley lost. Hoquiam lost. Aberdeen played the number one ranked team in the state and lost. So there weren't a lot of teams that I felt like were going to be able to throw somebody out there that's compelling. Again, there very well could be a good candidate from Elma, but I wouldn't know. Because not only could I not find the stats in our newspaper, but I found an article from the Black Hills side That had a little bit of details but didn't have any stats and it really only showed one I think it only said one touchdown that Elma scored was a a Carter Studer to Jacob Meadows pass for a touchdown and I have no idea what else happened in the game except I know the score and the sequence of how the scoring went so there could be an eagle but people if you want your eagles to be represented here you gotta nominate I need nominations coming in if we're gonna have less Bulldogs as Athlete of the Week because at the moment what I want to do if I'm the unilateral decision-maker is go dual athletes of the week from Monty's football game with Gabe Bodwell. Oh, you're going to make Gabe share it? Well, Gabe Bodwell for the offensive performance and Torren Kreitz for the defense. Well, he had two ways because he got a, a receiving touchdown and two interceptions. But like we did this once last year when we had Gabe and Mateo Sanchez share – the athlete of the week because Mateo had a massive defensive game and Gabe had a massive offensive game. And so that we would could do, count
0: as two Montesano athletes of the week. So then Daniel could have a few in the next few weeks.
1: Well, I mean,
0: <laughs> I, these athletes it's of the really week, not just about where the athletes are from.
1: Oh, and by the way, Torin Kreitz's dad is the first member of member of the scrimmage mile high club. And I'm not sure if I want to elaborate on that any further. Yeah, you probably don't. Yeah, he listened to our podcast in an airplane. <laughs> so sure, he did. He did. He told me. <laughs> he said, "I listened to your podcast in the airplane," and uh, and he then he said, "Scrimmage Mile High Club," and I was like, "You're the first member." So shout out Kurt Kreitz, thanks for listening. Um, and uh, anyway, so uh, my my thought was. I think Bethany Henderson's goal against Emmy Spencer was that's an amazing accomplishment. I love the the goals Hebron Garcia his performance is very compelling with the four goals and two assists and that huge win for the goals He has got a, a an athlete of the week before right Yes yep yes he has um, and and I I know that I get very like tunnel vision on what's in front of me but what I watch every <laughs> week without fail is Montesano football. And I've just been extremely impressed with these two guys, not only this week, but through the course of the season. And again, I'll say it again, to me, the more weeks in a row that Gabe Bodwell continues to get three touchdowns, it becomes more impressive as you yeah. go along. Yeah, so
0: what are you going to do when he gets three imp- touchdowns next week?
1: Um, th- is Daniel going to be here? <laughs> that does make hopefully, it harder.
0: Hopefully, Daniel will be here.
1: So if I can get producer approval, I would like to name Gabe Bodwell and Torrin Kreitz the co-athletes of the week for their performance in Montesano's football game.
0: That sounds reasonable. That Okay. Was, it's very impressive. Okay. And we do need to give one to Gabe for sure at some point. So. Yeah. Like, he's definitely earned it.
1: Yeah. Well, every week he's des- deserved it. But, um, you know. Anyway. I'll just go ahead and officially announce it. Our Spivey Athlete of the Week is co-athletes of the week, and they're both from Montesano football. It's going to be Gabe Bodwell for his three touchdown performance in a 36 to nothing win over Eatonville, and Torn Kreitz as well for not only having a 39-yard touchdown reception, but also intercepting two passes for Montesano. Congratulations to these two Bulldogs for winning the Spivey athlete of the week
0: yes congratulations and if anyone's out there and is yelling at their whatever they're watching or listening to us right now yeah. that you totally sent nominations why weren't you reading them then don't send them to justin send them to daniel please yeah and well, uh,
1: <laughs> no, i mean you can send them to the mess the you, the uh, our you can, social yes you can also send them to
0: our uh, to, our scrimmage socials multiple and, things. and every we will all be able to see them
1: and, and or our email so if you would like to nominate, an a- and you, if people think I'm game in the system here, if you'd like to nominate an athlete of the week, you can send it to our messages on either X or Facebook or uh, Instagram. We all have access to those. And also email our email, us. Andrew, our technology guy, has set it up <laughs> that when an email comes to our scrimmage email account, it gets forwarded to all of our personal email accounts, so we all see that. And that email is the scrimmage. <coughs> <laughs> the scrimmage at gmail.com thank you had a little frog in my throat took care of it More <laughs> are so, proud of you so i just i do really want to encourage people though um although it does seem like sometimes i'm just trying to always give the award to a bulldog i want so i want all the nominations to come in i want to know like we had one for faith Prosh for for hoquiam volleyball we had um I think it was Alexia. We had an Acosta volleyball player. We had someone nominate a Montesano volleyball player. Like we get these nominations and we, at the very least we are going to mention and discuss every single player that gets nominated for athlete of the week. So if you know someone who accomplished something who deserves to be recognized, please do not hesitate to send us a message and let us know what happened. That's right. With that, I think we will wrap up the show today. Does that sound good, Andrew? That sounds good. Pax, does that sound good to you? Yeah. Pax sleeping. is asleep. He's sleeping anyway.
0: He's resting up.
1: Well, I think that'll do it for the show today. The, the scrimmage is brought to you by Spivey Realty Group and the law office of Jeffrey A. Domasiewicz. So for our co-host, Daniel Hargrove, who did join us for a little while but is no longer with us today, and my trusty producer, Andrew I thought the Goog- the Cougs had a chance to win the national title. Gross.
0: And for my co-host, Paximus
1: Maximus. Gluteus Paximus? Gluteus Paximus. <laughs> That's your name. <laughs> That's my name? Yeah, that's your name. I could be Gluteus Paximus. Your name for him. I'm not as cool as as Pax.
0: (laughs) You can definitely be
1: Gluteus
0: (laughs) Paximus.
1: Okay. Well, I think that's going to do it for our show today. Appreciate everyone who listened. Be sure to check us out on our socials. And like I said, reach out to us and let us know not only if they're athletes of the week, but if you have any questions or comments about our show, um, please, if you give us a review, five stars only. But if you have a complaint, (laughs) feel free to email it and I will forward it to Andrew.
0: Give us five stars. Say horrible things about Justin. We'll read it.
1: Okay, thanks. Bye. (laughs)